0: Well, welcome to our first podcast. This is pretty exciting. And uh, I am here with Rick Rieger, a pastor at the Ark Church, my church here in Pickerington, Ohio. And if you are a listener in Pickerington, Ohio, which would be pretty amazing, honestly, considering we have zero listeners at this point, come down and check it out. It's a pretty amazing place. We have amazing music. And amazing sermons and amazing people. So,
1: well, I, I have to argue with you though, because actually, I have two listeners, because both Nathan and I are listening right now. So uh, that's true. You're assuming true. I'm listening to you, Pastor Rick. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you also- have ones and ones <laughs> of listeners. <right> there.
0: <laughs> also joining us is Nate Jewel. The what? What is your title? Assistant Pastor. Um, Junior
2: pastor? You or, can just call me that guy. No, I, the I, guy?
0: Pastor, earlier. Of cu-
1: pastor of custodial ministries. <laughs> pastor of custodial <laughs> ministries.
2: No, uh, 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 technically, I am the pastor of maturity for the church at the, of the Ark church, um, but I really don't relish the titles, so I I, I really just want to serve.
0: He's just that guy that serves. So having said that, let's roll into this intro. <laughs> Oh, you should see his face.
2: I'm a huge Chris Farley fan, so count count that as a as a positive from my perspective.
0: This is for the love of God podcast. And I am your host, Jason Longbreak. A former sinner. Still sinner. But I repent now. I have God in my life. And it's pretty awesome. And just a quick thing as far as seeing God move is when I found the Ark Church, it's pretty amazing. Um my wife, well, Beyoncé at the time, was looking for a new church to join and uh she was at her place, I was at my place, and um we're on our phones googling churches and really we were looking for a Bible teaching church. And, uh, you know, we're looking at reviews, we're looking at their websites and really wasn't feeling anything and I was getting hungry. So I decided to head to Wendy's and I drove down the Wendy's and out in front of Wendy's was all these people holding signs saying, we will pray for you. And Rick Rieger and company was out there and it was the absolute perfect church for us to join it was exactly what we're looking for and i truly believe that the lord sent me
1: it was nice seeing you drive past too that evening i'll never forget it you're you're driving past while we were up there near the road and you had pulled some brochures and i was like trying to you know wave at you and you're like you you hold the brochure out and you're like i got one (laughs) i got one see i'll see you soon that's
2: right he even came up to the table and uh, we were able to give him one of the Bibles that we had there at the time. Yeah, but I think you took a Bible with you that day. No,
0: I just bought one. You just bought he said, one. You said, do you need a Bible? I said, I actually just bought one yesterday. Okay,
2: gotcha. All right. I just remember having that interaction with the, around yeah. the Bible. So he asked me, like, are you guys a Bible-believing church? And I said, very much so, or something along yeah. those lines. And I could just kind of see the spark in your eye. I'm certainly glad you, you took the leap and gave us a try out.
0: Heck yeah, I am too. It. And, you know, God moved there, and God moved in another way, didn't it, Rick? Because you were looking for a drummer. We were. And uh, I haven't played drums in years, but um, Rick's wife, Christina, was talking to my current wife, and uh, she's saying that how, how they were looking for a drummer, and Catherine said, well, Jason plays the drums, and one thing led to another. That was our first week, and week two, I was behind the drum kit. <laughs> we don't
1: like to drag our feet around. <laughs> <dark>. <laughs>
0: yeah, and uh, so that's it's been um, seven months
1: now. Yeah, and you know, I had been praying for uh, several months for drummer, and we had you know put some ads out on Cra- Craigslist, and just wasn't coming up with anything, and. I'm like, God, you know, you just, you know, you got to do it. You're just going to have to do it. You got to send us that, you know, send us that person that we, that will be just right for us. And, you know, and I mean, it hadn't been, you know, when I started praying that way, I mean, literally like a month later, you came along. Like, this is incredible. Thank you, God. It is incredible.
0: God God is good. (laughs) How's that uh, Sunday over there? How's your Frosty? Well, after your story
2: with Wendy's, I figure if they're like our first unofficial sponsor, you know, of the program, I I love the Frosty. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So we have a Wendy's right in front of the church. So no excuses. You know, so I was perusing YouTube today and uh, Barry Scarborough, he's a, what you call a watchman. I don't know if any of you ever heard of him, but, um he was talking about his title of his, of his video said Marian apparitions exploding. I'm like, what is this? And so I watched this video and and apparently the worship of mother Mary is kind of taken over a little bit. Uh, in, in some, in some way, um, and he was talking about how how it could possibly be evil because we're not supposed to worship anybody but God. And Mary is obviously not God, Jesus's mother, and I I mean it really leads down the path of false idols.
1: Well, you know, uh I think that uh, the enemy, uh, and when I say the enemy, I mean Satan. You know, he 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 needs to find distractions. That's his goal. He doesn't want people to come to know Jesus as their personal savior. He does not want to see that at all. And if that does happen, he doesn't want them to be effective at their primary objective. You know, at Jesus keep, you know, God keeps us here on this planet after we're saved for one reason, and that is to make other disciples. And that is one thing that the enemy just cannot stand. So, you know, I think one of his primary tactics, uh, is just simply to get us distracted with the wrong things. And he uses part little components of the word of God to to give it truth, but uh all along he's just trying to water it down, you know. Uh instead of, you know, we we should be worshiping God, we should be wash, worshiping uh, Jesus um, and instead, you know, hey, let's just get him a little distracted. Let's focus let's focus on, you know, Mary. Let's focus on this little concept or this little concept. And all of a sudden now we're worshiping idols and breaking commitment number one. Right. So, you know, now he's got us, you know, over a barrel. And of course, uh, it's not just that it's the fact that now that we're doing something that is really not biblical and we're worshiping idols. Now that causes division in the church because others are going to look at it and say, well, wait a minute, that's not biblical. And pretty soon You know, you got splits, you got church splits, and that's how denominations form sometimes. So it's kind of a, you know, to me, it's a tactic of the enemy to cause division and cause uh, the word of God to be watered down over time. Might not do anything right away, but over time, you know, when the world sees churches arguing and denominations arguing about, you know, these little subtleties, all of a sudden people are like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to write it all off. It's all just a bunch of hogwash. And they can't even get their act together. They can't even get their story straight.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's also been a, a lot of growth, particularly on YouTube, of a lot of people who like to pick up the title of profit. and they are not as much of a prophet as they would like to think they are this is true so we have to be very careful with what we're uh, with what we're consuming um make sure we're testing it always against the word and if the word is is saying one thing and a you know air quotes prophet is saying another uh, let's stick with what the word has to say
0: right and i think if people stuck with the word all these denominations, whether it be Catholic or Baptist or Lutheran really wouldn't exist because people, if they knew their Bible, they would see that what they are teaching is not from the Bible or spun out of the Bible in some form. I think people, um, well, really are too trusting to leaders. I think they go to a church and they expect to hear the truth. Why would they be lied to? From a preacher, from a priest, whatever. I mean, I was raised Catholic. I didn't pay a whole lot of attention. I went to a Catholic school through fifth grade. We went to Mass every Wednesday. I don't remember ever listening to what they were saying. I was more worried about my buddy and the girls and whatever. Kid stuff. Kid stuff. (laughs) Farting. Not not hearing (laughs) (laughs) You know. Uh, And then I left, and then my mother tried to get me to go to church with her, and I went a few times. Again, didn't pay attention. Never really got anything out of any message they were saying, and it was the same thing. It was very routine. And I just felt it almost felt like a cult. A lot of chanting, a lot of monotone singing of hymns, and just their the way they just the routine of everything. It was just very ritualistic. Yeah, yeah, very exactly, very ritualistic. And it was very much a turnoff, and it probably was the reason why I was turned off of the whole God idea and, and just the whole religious viewpoint because of, of coming up in that kind of environment. And then. So was your mother's church a Catholic church? Yes. Yeah. Holy angels <clears throat> and uh beautiful church. I mean, they know how to make a church look really good, but. Knowing stuff that I know now, I guarantee if I went back in there and started looking at their statues and everything, it would probably make me sick.
1: Well,
2: be very careful because, uh, number one, I do believe that there are people in the Catholic Church that we're going to see in heaven.
0: Oh, for sure.
2: Okay, there, I, I do believe that.
0: Hopefully my mother. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the,
2: uh, there are a lot of people who try to do the right thing in every church. And in almost every church, regardless of denomination, because we're all fallen people, you're going you're gonna to find these, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing, as the Bible calls them, that are sowing division and, and adding discord and doing things that are not of God or for God. That does occur, I am I know for a fact it occurs in the Catholic Church as well, but I, I would be very careful not to, I guess what I'm trying to say is don't look at all of the, the iconography as necessarily a bad thing, because there is something beautiful about beauty that kind of harkens back to the fact that we are all made in God's image, and he, he's this perfect God, right? This this perfection is something that can ob- can, that can manifest in beauty. Sometimes it's nice to just enjoy them for what they are and the beauty that they bring and what they're supposed to represent.
1: Yeah, I used to be very anti symbolism and icons, and you know, I'm like, we don't need that stuff in the church. Um, but, but then I heard, you know, I, I heard a lot of pastors talk about and and, and even uh, ministers, uh, congregation members who, you know, used those icons, symbols, just to kind of get into God's presence. They weren't, you know, they weren't worshiping, you know, the symbols. They were just using those things to get into God's presence. And so, you know, they would kind of, you know, they would uh, decorate their prayer closets, so to speak. And I say that with quotes, you know, the the area where they pray, they would, you know, decorate it with certain things, and it would just kind of bring them into the presence of God. So I've never really, uh, since then, I've not really been very negative on that. Uh, however, you know, what you were talking about earlier, that, um, that ritualistic approach, you know, I, I think as humans, we want things to be easy, you know, and never, and never have we been in a society at a time when things are easier. I mean, you, you can sit, you know, at the comfort of your, um, easy chair with the TV on, realize you have to order, you know, and this actually happened to me this last Sunday, we're talking about this new Coke product, Coke a coke and coffee zero or something like that of course we're on diets right now so that sounded good it it was kind of like a throwback to that whole coke black thing and so i'm like oh where do you find that stuff so here i am getting on my phone see that it's on amazon i'm like yeah i think i'll order some click it's going to be here tomorrow you know and i'm going to be able to try that stuff you know and in, a, in a society where everything's so easy we don't want to work at anything um and one of the reasons why a lot of our uh, relationships are bad, because we don't want to work on relationships, because relationships are hard. Relationships are messy. They take, you know, some effort and some thinking and creativity. And religion is easy. You know, if if, if we could just, if we just know that all we have to do is just attend church you know, stand up, sit down a couple times, maybe do a kneel here, sing a song, take a sip of the wine, you know, take some, you know, uh, take a piece of the bread and, you know, wow, we're good till next week. It feels like, you know, hey, we got that spiritual check mark, but I'm not sure there's any real value in that. And, and that's why Christianity, it's not about religion. It's about relationship, a relationship with God and relationships, even with God are messy. Why? Because God's a mess? No, because we're a mess. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And and we have to, you know, we have to shift. We have to learn. We have to grow. And so uh, it is normal, I think, for churches, for, you know, for people to sort of gravitate towards religion. You know, just tell me what I got to do to get saved and, you know, and I'll just hope it works. Whereas it's really not about that. It's about the relationship. And though it's messy, it's like a good marriage, you know, when you get into one. It's a beautiful thing. Totally beautiful
0: thing. Absolutely. It, it it so much is about a relationship. Um before I was saved, I literally never thought much of God or Jesus. I mean, sometimes I would look at a beautiful tree or the water Or something, a bird, and I would think, I would think about God and creating that. I was also very confused. I wasn't sure. I wasn't an atheist. Because sometimes I was like, yeah, there's a God. And then other days I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, I had all these questions like dinosaurs. And, you know, if you listen to scientists, they will just completely throw you off. So I learned not to listen to them because they are always wrong. And then
1: <laughs> now I think we have to go. I have to, I think we want to back up science itself <laughs> is not wrong. Scientists right. are wrong. Right.
0: Scientists are wrong. <laughs>
1: Typically there's more theorization going on than actual scientific right. proof, but
0: <laughs> God created science. It's the scientist that messed it all up. Um, but now now that I believe and it took 2020 to do it 2020 was a terrible year, but for me it was probably the best year of my life because I was pretty much on lockdown. I had nothing to do, but watched YouTube and this and that and the other and, and I started watching prophecy videos uh, pastors. prophecy pastures.
2: So how did you find yourself, how did you find yourself getting into these videos?
0: Well, Catherine, Catherine started watching them. God spoke to her. She was my girlfriend at the time and God spoke to her and she was like, okay, she needs to really just stop what she's doing. And put her faith in in Christ, and be a uh, a good little Christian girl, and so she started watching these videos, and I'm I'm just sitting there doing my thing, living in my flesh, and just whatever. And then it started to I started to pay attention, and I was like, Wait, what?" Okay, let's watch another one of these. All right, next. So let's she watch turned, another one. So
1: she turned her prophecy videos up louder than Metallica? Is yes. that what you're saying? Yeah, she turned them up <laughs> louder than Metallica.
0: And uh, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I started listening. I was like, okay, wait a minute.
2: So Pastor Rick's actually been teaching on this recently. and um, At Bible study, we recently went through the book of Romans. And this kind of reminds me of Romans 3, uh, 312, where it says that, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. You mentioned that you were just coasting along, doing your own thing, focused on your own thing. Mm-hmm. And the crazy part about this is even though we have, we have nothing to offer God other than our own relationship, he's just drawing us in. And in your case, he used Catherine to draw you in. He was drawing Catherine in. Right. Because we're not going to seek him of our own. And that's something that's extremely powerful. And for anybody who's listening, um, if you feel that call to go deeper, I want to encourage you to lean into it. There, there's a lot of, you know, I, I think of it in, in terms of food because I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a food guy, right? And you got a nice juicy steak for you, right? It's each bite is just, just wonderful enjoyment. The word is the same. The more you lean into God, the more satisfying, the deeper, the richer it is. And uh, I hope anybody who listens uh, does lean into that call when they feel it on their life.
1: That's right. You know, just uh, hopping off what you say there, you you just painted this wonderful picture in my mind. I mean, think about it. According to Romans, it says that, you know, in our flesh, nobody seeks God, not a single person. So, you know, if you're out there listening and you feel like you need to seek God for some reason, think about it this way. That is God saying, I want a relationship with you. That's literally God drawing you because the Bible says that no one comes to God unless the Father, through the Holy Spirit, draws you to him because you didn't do it on your own. So, you know, one, know that the creator of the universe wants to hang out with you, wants to love on you, wants you to love on him, and he has reached out to you. So I encourage you to jump at it like Jason did.
0: Yeah, for sure, because it's it's pretty amazing. Once you, um, you know, basically, like they say, pick up your cross, die to yourself, and follow Jesus Christ. I went from not having a relationship, not even looking for one, to... Uh, a degree, all I think about all day.
1: Well, if you think about it, what is a, you know, what is a God, lowercase g, right? God says, you'll have no other gods before me. Well, what is a God with a lowercase g? It's basically what you think about the most. Really, whatever you think about the most and what, in what, uh, your decisions the most, that's your God. And it sounds like the God is your God. (laughs) That's right, <laughs> because that's it's what you're thinking about. He is what you're thinking about yeah. The most. Yeah, yeah, awesome. It is awesome.
2: So you were talking about these prophecy videos. Yeah, then Catherine drawing you in. Continue.
0: Yeah, well, um, I started seeing that you know all the things that they were saying that was going to happen in the Bible are happening, and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I, I, I think that this, this guy's real man I think he's real and uh I started connecting the dots and all of a sudden all the questions that I had and doubt and wonder just kind of went away it was like they were all just answered God created it that's it
2: you know prophecy is really powerful Because it's the one thing that the world cannot refute about the Bible, okay? They can make a question any number of little areas uh, just by asking simple questions. But prophecy is supernatural because it is the telling of the future before it occurs. And most recently, prophetically, that I can think of is the reformation of Israel. The Bible talked for thousands of years about the idea that the, Israel, that the people of Israel would lose their country. That was one of Jesus' teachings. He's like, eventually the, it'll be torn down. You're going to be conquered. But then sometime in the future, your country's going to come back together, and you're going to be a country again in the land that I have planned for you. That had never really happened in the history of humanity. And in 1948, we saw that actually occur. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I'm pretty old at 40 years old, but I'm not that old. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a recent occurrence, but that kind of thing you cannot refute. Um, another one is uh, Alexander the Great. Now, he is mentioned in the, in the book of Daniel, and it's something that since the world loves to try to take away our faith because they don't want to have to submit themselves to a loving God— that is, they will do everything they can to eliminate anything supernatural. Everything must have a, a, uh, an explanation, but that isn't how the Bible or how God works. He's bigger than everything that we can think of. His ways are, are higher than our ways. His ways are better than our ways, and this is just one of the ways that that manifests.
1: Right, so I guess that brings us full circle. And so I guess my my encouragement to you, when you hear uh, to the listeners out there, anybody who hears prophecy, whether it be on YouTube, from a friend, from a TV minister, whatever, you know, just uh, two things you got to do. Uh, well, obviously one, you've got to. I guess three, you got to you got to test it against the Bible. If it goes totally against the Bible, like people say, oh, you know, I I believe the last day of the, you know, the the last day of the earth is going to be. Whatever, and they throw a date out there, or Jesus has come back this date, well, when Jesus clearly said, nobody knows except for the Father, and it's just going to happen, obviously, it's not biblical. Second of all, you know obviously you look at uh, you know discernment, um, you know uh, God will give us some spiritual discernment on whether it's accurate or not. and then uh, as we as we studied uh, in our uh, church, one of our Bible studies uh, this last week, we talked about how we need to look at the prophet itself and uh, or him or herself and look at their life. And if their life does not match up with the Bible, if they are living in a way that is contradictory to the Bible, then we should look at them as a potential fraud. So just, you know, don't uh, necessarily throw it prophecy is a wonderful thing and it's a powerful thing. And it's certainly a way that we know that we know that we know that our Bible is, is accurate and that, you know, God is truthful and that he does what he says is going to do and that he knows what's going to happen in the future. Um, so we want to listen to it, but we got to be careful and be discerning, uh, which brings me to that last cons- uh that one uh, comment that you made, Jason, about, you know, just uh, taking things hook, line, and sinker. You know, I can tell you as a pastor, that teaches every week, I, yeah, I hope people listen to what I have to say. If they're on their phone, whatever, I'm not happy. But at the same token, I'm not happy if they go take it hook, line, and sinker. In fact, every week I hand an outline out with all the scripture and I want them to go dig into it and, and either try to prove me right or prove me wrong. But I think that, you know, we have to, we are going to be held accountable for what we listen to. And there's too many, the access to the Bible is too easy. If you have a smartphone, you have a Bible. Mm-hmm. and it's free. And so, you know, get in there, test what you hear, you know, certainly God uses pastors to teach us and to inspire us and all that. But I, you know, we have to ultimately be responsible. So, you know, I just encourage everybody always challenge what you hear, get in the Bible. It's either going to confirm it and make it stronger, or you're going to realize that it was fake.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got up
1: on a soapbox here. I'm sorry. No, that's that's <laughs> That's great. It's what we do. That's what we do.
0: <laughs> what is that sound?
1: Uh I don't know. That's a chauffeur. Bye 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 oh, bye 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 bye. bye, bye. Tridia. Tridia.
0: It's time for Bible trivia, ladies and gentlemen. So far, so good, right? See, so I, far, feel like, I, feel like, good. I feel like
1: I feel like I feel like there needs to be a disclaimer. See, I, I, you know, we were just talking before the show, and I was telling Jason. I said, you know, I can have all the answers to something and have it, and I could have talked about it yesterday. But when people start putting on music and putting times to it and calling it trivia, immediately I lose my mind. I lose my mind. So I can just see this going nowhere. Well, but I'll play along.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's already came out with the excuses, folks.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, so here's the rules. I've I, set
1: myself up for for, for success. See, we have, I did.
0: <laughs> we have sixty seconds, ten questions. Oh my! And you'll both get the same question. So, Nate, I want to have you step out. You ready?
1: Well, as ready as I'm ever going to be. All right.
0: Where was Jesus born?
1: In Bethlehem.
0: How many books are in the New Testament?
1: 36? Oh, no, that's not right. Something like that. I don't, you know what? That's sad. I can't remember.
0: Paul was shipwrecked on what island?
1: Uh, a big one.
0: <laughs> Who recognized Jesus at the, as the Messiah when he was presented at the temple? As a baby.
1: See, mm-hmm. my mind is shutting down. I don't even know. I think yellow might be the answer to yellow. that, but I'm not 100% sure.
0: After Jesus fed the 5,000, how many baskets were left over?
1: Seven baskets, and seven loaves.
0: In the Gospel of Mark, how did Mary learn from her upper pregnancy?
1: Uh, she was told by an angel. Which angel? I want to say Gabriel.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, we didn't get through them all, but the time that ran out, I want to go ahead and get through the rest of them. I see. Who was the high priest of Jerusalem that put Jesus on trial?
1: Oh, goodness. I can't think of his name.
0: According to the gospel of Matthew. Matthew. Where does Jesus give his first public sermon?
1: Uh, sermon on the Mount of Olives.
0: Yep. How does Judas notify the Roman officials of Jesus' identity?
1: Oh, the kiss. Yes. I'm, I'm, I was like way ahead. I'm like playing stories by, through my head. Yeah, crazy.
0: And which insect did John the Baptist eat?
1: Locusts. Very good. Okay. See, you, know, you notice when the music is gone, yeah, I'm outside. like, oh, yeah, they come a little smoother now. You asked me those, these <laughs> like afterwards. Yeah. Those are easy, though.
0: <laughs> we got these seven questions. I might have to make this more than a minute. Okay.
1: You're up. The answer is 42. How do you know? <laughs> right, Actually, I said yellow to one of them, so I'm not really sure if <laughs> it did any worse
0: here we go where was jesus born bethlehem how many books are in the new testament
2: in the new testament uh you got me 23
0: 27 paul was shipwrecked on what island patmos no malta
2: Malta. I'm thinking of John, aren't I? Who
0: recognized Jesus as the Messiah when he was presented to the temple as a baby?
2: Um, John the Baptist.
0: Simon. As after Jesus fed the five thousand, how many baskets? How many baskets were left twelve. over? Yes, twelve. In the Gospel of Mark, how did Mary learn from the, her pregnancy?
2: In the Gospel of Mark, how did Mary learn of her pregnancy? Uh, angel visited. Wh- which one? The name of the angel? Which angel? Michael?
0: Gabriel. Gabriel. Time is up, but his time right now, about the same time, so I'll That's let true. you continue. Okay. I want to increase the time next show. Okay. <laughs> Who is the high priest of Jerusalem that put Jesus on trial?
2: The high priest? I want to say Caiaphas.
0: Correct. According to the Gospel of Matthew, where does Jesus give his first public sermon? Oh, you got me. I on just the, read that, too. On the Mount.
1: Yeah, I said the Columbus Convention Center. <laughs> <laughs> How does
0: Judas notify the Roman officials of Jesus' identity? With a kiss. Yes. And which insect did John the Baptist eat?
2: Um, locusts.
0: Locusts, yes. And
2: wild honey. So did I get bonus points for the wild Ooh, honey wild. reference there? Oh,
0: bonus points. <laughs> Only if you need them. All right. So we got... One and one, zero, 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 one, one, zero, zero, one, one, zero. You guys are tied. Wow. One, 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 one. You guys tied. Yeah. (laughs) You both got four questions out of ten. That's
1: pathetic. (laughs) You're right, it is. That's terrible. I I, guess we're going to have to study more uh, uh, diligently. uh. Well,
0: since you only got four out of ten right, you're both going to get this.
1: Sad oh, trombone. Sad. Oh, okay. sad. sad trombone. All right,
2: so now let's ask the question: like, how many of those are actually relevant questions? <laughs> <laughs> well, depends. I I knew there was twenty some books of the of the New Testament. I could tell you there's sixty six total, but
1: yeah, that's why I was thinking. Uh, yeah. I was like thinking, okay, I know it's sixty six, but some like thirty six. I'm like, like no, nah, that doesn't sound right. That's too many. <laughs> right. I knew
2: it was in the twenties, so I just took a guess. All right, let's go through those questions, one question at a time. Right, what was question
0: number one? Uh, number one was, where was Jesus born? All right, Bethlehem. That was an easy one. Yeah. How many books are in the New Testament? 27. 27. Paul was ship- or shipwrecked on what island? Malta.
2: I said Malta. Patmos because I was thinking of John. I couldn't think of John.
0: Any uh, yeah. Uh, who recognized Jesus as the Messiah. Right, I want to mis- argue with that one. on that? the temple as a baby.
2: So, technically, as a baby, John the Baptist was the first person to recognize Jesus' deity because he leapt inside the womb of his mother. Uh, That
1: is a very good point. That is true. So— He wasn't born yet. (laughs) They did say he He wasn't born yet, (laughs) (laughs) and
0: he was presented to the temple. Okay, so you got me on the presented as a temple. There you go. To the the temple. All right. So I'll remember that Simon. So and you were right about how many baskets were left over. Twelve. Twelve baskets. Uh, in the Gospel of Mark, how do you learn of the pregnancy? The angel Gabriel. Um, which Catherine got right today earlier. Uh, who was the high priest of Jerusalem? You were right. Caiaphas. Caiaphas. Um, according to the gospel of Matthew, where did Jesus give the first public sermon on the Mount of Olives? See, I was thinking of the, I I, I was going
2: to bring up the, the wedding because that's where he did his first miracle. Right. Uh, but I didn't think he gave a speech there. So I'm thinking, all right, are you looking for the name of a town? (laughs) And I'm like, I don't, that's way obscure stuff right there. So I was like, I, I don't know.
0: How does Jesus notify the Romans? You both got it right with the kiss and the sex with locus. I still,
1: I still stand on my story that if I had to make money from a game show, I'm not, you know, especially a trivia oriented like Wheel of Fortune or not Wheel of Fortune. What was that show with the Jeopardy? Jeopardy. Yeah, I, yeah. I
0: would always forget to ask it as a question, answer as a question. Well, that yeah. would be my fault. Well, other than other than the fact that the questions are like impossible.
1: Like my whole dream is like on Groundhog Day when he's watching uh, when he's watching Jeopardy and he gets them all right. And he's so good that he starts answering it prior to the question. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I wish I could be even close to that. Right. But it's not going to happen. So it's all right. right. I've answered quite a few
0: questions on Jeopardy, but only because I'm in my living room and they were the two hundred dollar questions. So
2: I'm sure (laughs) I'm sure I've answered a lot, but I've probably gotten more wrong. So I'm really content <laughs> not to be on a tribute show. Yeah, and there's always that, I knew
0: that. I just couldn't say it fast enough. That was, that was fun. So let's talk about music before we close. One of my,
1: I mean. That's my second favorite topic. Second God favorite topic. music.
2: All uh, right, I'll say, I'll so, say something. That's go ahead. On, uh That is uh, usually, it's not a very welcome opinion today, but uh, modern worship, it tends to focus on what God did for me, rather than who He is. So there's there's something for you. Some of the old hymns they focused more on his, on uh, his features and in his uh, characteristics and stuff. But some of the more modern stuff, it just seems to be very, very self focused. Still love it. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. <laughs> but just just a Do thought. Do you agree with that?
1: I I think there's something to be said for that. I I think we live in a time you know where we are very selfish, self focused, and so especially as the church has progressed, as we've gone we've come into an age of mega churches. um, Mega churches really got started you know by focusing on felt needs. Um, you know, what can the Bible do for you? What can God do for you? What does a relationship with God do for you? Which is, again, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's there's two sides to every coin. Uh, it's kind of like saying, you know, well, I, you know, we should just do things because it's the right thing to do and not want a reward. But yet God tells us in his word that there will be rewards in heaven, that you will be rewarded. Why does he tell us that? Because he knows we like those kind of things. So, you know, based on the, the the direction that the church is headed, um, it, it just makes sense that the mu- music would follow suit and that uh, there would be musics that focuses or worship songs written about what God has done for us. Um, I think the important thing is that we need balance in all of that. Amen. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, at the Ark, we, you know, we sort of, now we don't do a whole lot of hymns because some, unless we, you know, revamp them, but, uh, you know, really try to f- do some songs that focus on you know who God is, His character. Some that focus on our commitment to Him. Some that focus on what He does for us, and you know keep it well rounded. Mm-hmm. I think that's the the best thing we can do,
0: right?
2: I can echo the sentiment as well. So there there is a there's a lot of diversity to the music that we do here at the church, and uh, in terms of times, you he'll occasionally pull something out of the '80s and sing uh, '90s, '2000s. Modern hymns, modern worship. So there, there's a there's a lot to to be said for what he just mentioned.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure, yeah, yeah. I'll, I definitely like the music that we do. Um, see, before I was a Christian, I never listened to Christian music. Not even a little bit. Not even by accident. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, how would you have known?
0: <laughs> um, I grew up listening to. Heavy, heavy stuff. Pantera, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer. Since I joined the band, <laughs> I'm forced to listen to it because I have to learn the songs. And what happened was I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's all I listen to. That sounds like one of those God things. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is.
1: I do remember when you started actually playing, you're like, well, I don't know any of these songs. (laughs) And so, you know, you would go home and you'd be like, yeah, I don't really care for these, you know, too much when you listen. But then you're like coming back. Well, you know, after I play them, though, then I kind of like them. And then pretty soon it was like, you know, these are pretty good. And then it was like, Hey, can we do this song? Because I've been listening, <laughs> and I like this one. Yeah, I've seen kind of a progression. But you know, you talked about—you've uh, told me this a couple times—that you, when you listen to music, you know, you didn't really hear words; you just heard right. music.
0: Too. It was just the music. Yeah. yeah,
1: and and I did the same thing. In fact, when I was young, I was—I you know—I I became a Christian pretty young. I knew, you know, I, at least I was beginning my walk with God around the age of 11 years old, and so I went to a very very Uh, conservative uh, Baptist church. And they did not believe in, you know, secular music at all. Well, at least not rock music. And that's what I liked. You know, I, you know, I was huge into Boston, Kansas, you know, that sort of stuff, prog rock rush, you know, and, um, and I had started to put together a pretty nice collection of uh, LPs in my day. Uh, back in high school. In fact, really, that's, you know, my my entire paycheck went to gas dates and and LPs. That's it, <laughs> pretty much. But they told us, you know, that, that rock music was bad. And I, you know, I'm like, man, if it's really bad, I mean, I didn't really know why. It didn't make sense to me because they kind of taught us that secular or non-Christian uh, music is all wrong except for country. I'm like, I didn't quite get that, especially when, you know, the country has, you know, just as much negative, you know, as many negative lyrics as rock. But, you know, I I threw away all of my albums. I mean, everything when I went into the Army. I mean, here I'm like, you know, 18 years old and I pitched everything just trying to, you know, be... Trying to be obedient to God, even though I didn't make sense to me, but the church taught it, and again, it was one of those things where I didn't test what the pastor said; I just took it hook line and sinker. But my heart was pure, and I threw away all my albums. And I'm like, okay, I got to have some music, so I went to the PX, and they didn't have anything—I mean, nothing—in the it was like you know rock department huge, country department huge, Christian music like three cassettes. (laughs) So I bought B.J. Thomas, "Amazing Grace." And the Bill Gaither Trio, uh, "Bless the Lord Who Reigns in Glory." Those were my only two tapes to my name, and I listened to them over and over again. And before that, you know, before listening to those, all I listened to was the music. In fact, because they said the music that the lyrics and the rock bands were bad, I literally tuned out the music, the words, and I just kind of. I sometimes I even wrote the you know my own lyrics in my head. But then. I get these two tapes that that were not even in the genre that I like. I mean, not even close. And all of a sudden, I started to listen to the lyrics, and they touched my heart. And before you knew it, I loved those. In fact, they still have a, a warm, soft, fuzzy place in my heart, <laughs> even though I prefer, you know, thank God, my friend, uh Roy he called himself Butch at the time it was his nickname Butch Ross if you're out there thank you so much buddy he introduced me to like Petra the Resurrection band Whiteheart back in the 80s and I just I'm like are you kidding me there's christian rock yes <laughs> <laughs> but you know then again I started listening to the lyrics and the music and that's when music really got special yeah and it's been special ever since
0: right on do you listen to music at all Nate not as much as I used to.
2: Um, if I do, typically I'm listening to the, uh, like the river here locally, which is like the Christian radio station. Bloop, um, bloop. I yeah bloop, bloop. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to listen more to talk radio, which annoys my spouse quite, uh, quite a bit. But, um, yeah, I love the ideas and the discussion. So right, I used to listen to country music when I was younger. That was, that was my jam. And, uh, it eventually just got to the point where I, I was I would listen to it, and everything I heard or, or the predominant things I heard were just negative. They weren't uplifting. Um, I didn't like some of the the ways that 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 ladies were portrayed um, uh-huh. or guys for that matter. Um, it just it didn't feel like it was uplifting or encouraging.:
0: Well, I don't know. I every time I listen to country music, I get angry. Because it's terrible. <laughs> but. No, I, I, I have heard
1: that if you listen to a country rec- a country music record backwards, uh, you get your dog back, your <laughs> wife back, your truck back, something like that. I don't know how true that is, but
2: I think you just dated yourself with that joke there, Pastor. Yes, I, I absolutely <laughs> did. I absolutely did. If, uh. if the LP reference didn't date <laughs> <Right. laughs> oh, you, yeah. well, and the cassettes.
1: I mean, you know, what's a cassette? When yeah. when did that happen? Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, when I first started buying music, it was vinyl, and you too, um, maybe.
2: Uh, well, I I'm forty. Cassettes,
0: so. well, oh, yeah, cassettes are usually for yeah.
2: me. Now, my grandparents did have one of those large eight-track decks. Like it was a it was a turntable, eight track on a radio. It was like a piece of furniture in their living room. Right. Do you the remember consoles? those? Oh the console. Yes. The console. So they did have those and the my, my mom stereo. Star- <laughs> exactly. The thousand pound stereo. <laughs> and uh, my mom used to have some eight tracks. So I, I know what those are, even though they are technically before my time.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. We had an eight track in our car. It was hilarious. The only thing you could listen to is sound and music. (laughs)
1: What was really cool is when I got my first uh, real cassette deck, my AM FM cassette in my car, eight tracks were being phased out and you could buy them for like 99 cents. So I ran to my neighbor and I knew he had a couple of them and I bought a used eight track as well. And I wired in an AB switch uh, so that I could go back and forth. And I went to the store and I bought a bunch of 99 cent eight tracks. So, you know, I could go kind of go back and forth, which was really cool.
0: That's cool. You can't that cool. backwards.
2: See, that's probably where his engineering background started—was like <laughs> trying to hook up the A-B switch. <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> that's right.
1: But you know, going back to the topic, you know, I I, I think about now. Uh, once I started listening to Christian music, all of a sudden, now I'm listening to the words, and there there there's meaning. Um, you know, I, I'm getting more out of it. It's like it's more it's more full. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's like um, the difference between looking at a a picture that is black and white you know which you know is beautiful in and of itself but then all of a sudden you got color and it just takes it to the next level and that's the way it became for me I loved music and it was kind of like a black and white picture and then all of a sudden color was added with the lyrics. And, you know, and then all of a sudden they're pulling me into like the, you know, loving God and, and talking about my creator and, oh, it just took me to the next level. And, and so then after kind of doing that, I went back and started listening to, you know, some of these old songs that I used to listen to that I used to love and tuned out the lyrics to. And I'm thinking, I listened to that (laughs) because I I realized the lyrics were so bad.
2: (laughs) I feel you on that, Pastor Rick, because um with country music it was definitely more about the lyrics than the actual music and i i've always loved music that touches me emotionally Mm -hmm. like you gotta you gotta reach a hole reach in my side of my head and grab me and that's it I'll, i'll like that music but i remember one of the power ballads growing up was born in the usa by bruce springsteen you ever listen to the lyrics
0: this this the I I this the actually. chorus. It's a terrible song. I, I, I'm not a fan of him, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I avoid him at all costs. But it's looks like he, <laughs> it's just one of
2: those things. Yeah, I, I hear you there. I, he he was quickly turned off of my list of people to listen to after that.
0: One I can I can you you give him a shot, but the guy looks like he's taking a crap every time he sings. So. <laughs>
1: I've always felt like that maybe he could use a good laxative. I, I will admit.
0: For sure. Now, I mean sometimes I'll listen to secular music just for nostalgic reasons. 'Cause there's a there's still a place in my heart, you know, for that stuff. But I don't go dark. I don't I stay away from Slayer now and then I listen to stuff from like sixties, seventies. Mm-hmm. There um, there, so there was an innocence
2: to me. There was an innocence, then.
0: exactly. They weren't talking about Well, that evil. stuff was
2: edgy. The stuff that we listen to now to the sixties that we thought was innocent, that was edgy back then. Back then, right. yeah. Right. Right. And you can just kind of see this progression of society where the degeneration sets in and it just now you've got things like the that Cardi B girl and what she sings and it's like there's nothing edgy anymore. Like the edgy stuff is the Christian radio (laughs) station, singing about stuff you're never going to hear on the radio
1: stations. Now, I I have to admit, I have a little bit of advantage over you, Jason, um, because, uh, you know, being that I got into, you know, the Christian rock back in the 80s. um, In fact, I've been going through recently kind of a nostalgic mood. And so I not only get to go back to the old music, which makes you feel young again and all that, but I can actually go back to the early Christian rock, which is pretty cool. (laughs) And so I've been listening to things like Mylon LeFevre and Broken Heart, which I know you guys are going to look at me like, what, who, you know?
2: The only one you've mentioned that even registers on my radar is Petra. Petra. That was the only one.
1: Well, you know, Mylon LeFevre, he, like his parents were into like, you know, Southern gospel or whatever, and he went rock and roll. And uh, I think... The only way, the only reason you'd know him is his daughter is married to Peeler, Peter Furler, who is the lead singer of the Newsboys. Okay. So now, you know, at least, you know, bring him into the present. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, listen to Mylon. Listen to uh, Sweet Comfort Band. I know you have no idea what I'm talking no about. No idea. White Hart. Oh, man. I've been like for the last week nostalgic. White Hart sounds familiar. I've heard of White, white, Heart Heart Heart. I,
0: heard of white but I might Heart be before. thinking of a White Lion, maybe. <laughs> little different. <laughs> Just slightly <laughs> different. <laughs>
1: But, you know, that it kind of, you know, just to kind of bring up a point there, you know, uh, it is so, it is so special when you can keep yourself kind of pure, I guess, from the get go, you know, and I guess when, you know, we look at our lives, maybe we need to start looking at our children's lives, you know, and try to keep it that way for them because, uh. You know, when I go back and get nostalgic, I can still kind of stay pure. It's kind of like, you know, with uh, keeping yourself pure sexually, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like you have a, you, you, you marry a woman. She's the only woman you've ever been with. And that's why it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be special, you know? And so uh, as much as it's great to have a testimony of, uh, you know, man, God took me from here to there, which is great, man. What an awesome thing if we can help our kids to grow up in an environment where, you know, they've never really had that other stuff. Right. You know, kind of a... It's difficult today. Oh. It's very difficult. Yeah. Very much so.
0: Well, and I I definitely listen in the words now with the Christian music because that's really the point. And I kind of have to because I use it for timing. (laughs) (laughs) Because, but like i i i can sing i can sing along with 10,000 songs that i've grown up with i can sing it word for word but i have no idea what i'm saying i just memorized and you, know, you know what i mean mm-hmm. you just know the words there's a lot of people that pray that way too but i couldn't yeah but Good i couldn't point. i couldn't tell you what the words are without the song playing i would have no idea but now i listen to the words and they definitely touched my heart um I, I picked up an acoustic guitar i bought one a couple of weeks ago a week ago and i've been learning the song graves in the garden by uh elevation elevation right? thank you and um
1: see we weren't in a trivia and i knew it see? <laughs> <laughs> if that would have been a trivia question i'd be like uh uh, 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 uh yellow
0: <laughs> yellow um And I was, I was telling Catherine the words, I said, listen to these lyrics. And I, and I spoke them to her as how he was, you know, searching and, uh, man's empty praises and this and that and the other. And, and then the second verse is, then, um, you came along talking about God and put me back together. And when I said, put me back together, I totally choked up. (laughs) I even got a little wet in the eyes because Allergies. that's what he did to me it's that time of year. You know, he, <laughs> he put me back together and, uh, I honestly don't know how I've made it this far without him. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
2: There's a song I've, uh, recently been listening to. It's, it's kind of old actually. It's uh by mercy me, it's called ghost. And I don't even think it really made it out to the, the radio stations. I think it's like a. Uh, a b-side type song and uh i'll just sit and listen to it on repeat like it just it just speaks to me for some reason and so i understand what you're saying There the these these lyrics that grab a hold of you and they just hold on tight uh, another one is like control by 10th avenue north i love that one um what are some of the things that you're listening to right
1: now
0: well, our new song list <laughs> for, <laughs> for this Sunday. The
1: worship set.
0: Which actually brings me to the song of the week. Um, one of the songs that we're doing this week is a song we've done before a few times. But it's one of my favorites. And it's actually one of the first ones. It's actually very early on since I when I became a member of the worship team that we did. One of the f- earlier songs that we did is I Love Your Presence. Oh yeah, awesome song. The it Christmas a, it's song. It's an amazing song, Christmas song. Yeah, I love your presents. Oh, ah, different kind of sh- presents. Presents. Oh, I I got rid of my. I had a um, put them sh- on here, and uh, I took it off for the trivia music. <laughs> um, it's performed by Bethel Music, written in 2010 by Darren Clark and Jesse Lane, and I will leave the link to Spotify in the show notes so you you all can check it out. Um, If those of you listening don't listen to Christian music, maybe you think you won't like it. I encourage you to give it a shot. Um, I'm going to give you a song of the week every show. And for new songs that most of them that we play here, for you to check out and and expand your roots and start seeing what Christian music has to offer. And honestly, there's a lot to offer a lot of variety of, of music listeners in the Christian genre, anywhere from hymns to general Rocky kind of stuff to metal, like, some serious serious Absolutely. metal like red yeah
1: and like um
0: what's that man that turns you on to um oh.
1: oh the one that you showed me the video yes. yeah oh you see now i feel trivia again <laughs> <laughs> um i can't think I, i'm picturing the video in my head right now but i can't think of the name
0: Impending doom there you go yes yeah. and they have a song called murder and it is extremely heavy, something it reminds me of what I listened to. And if you didn't know the words to it, you would think it was some heavy devil music. But the music, the words are, are talking about how he's a murderer because it was us people, us, that put Christ on the cross. And his sins are washed by his blood. And, uh, it's really good.
1: Right. So yeah, to put the, uh, put some truth and perspective to that comment, um, just for our listeners who might not understand, you know, from a human perspective, Jesus was murdered simply because he was completely innocent and, you know, to, to, to crucify, to give corporal or not corporal punishment, I'm sorry, capital punishment to a person who's completely innocent. That's murder. However, he gave his life because he didn't right. have to. It was, he willingly, he willingly you know, no that. band took his life. He gave it. So, but from our perspective, certainly we are murderers.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind
2: of reminds me of that song Monster by Skillet. If you've not heard any Skillet yet, since you're... Uh,
0: yeah, I've heard some Skillet. Okay. For
2: so. sure,
1: yeah. Oh, I got to listen <laughs> to some Skillet on a regular basis. Yeah. Good stuff right there. <laughs> they're good.
2: You mentioned uh, your song of the week. I, I if, if you don't mind me being so bold, I'd like to propose another song that... Particularly if you're never listening to any kind of Christian music, this is the song I'd probably turn you on to first. For sure. All right. Um, it's by Matthew West. It's called Truth Be Told. Okay. If you've never listened to Christian music before, I think that's a really good one to start with.
0: I will jot that down myself.
2: And, and be just because listen.
1: I feel like I got to chime in here, you know, I can't be one to uh, you know, because you mentioned Skillet, I have to say, if you're into a little bit of a heavier sound... Awake and alive! What a tremendous song! What a tremendous song! Every time I hear that song, I just get so fired up. I want to like go out and you know make disciples all day long. I want to quit my job and just do it. You know
0: <laughs> who does that song? You know Skillet. Oh, that Skillet. Yep. Yes, okay. Sir. I will check that out too, for sure. Well, I think that comes bringing us to the end of this our first show here. I hope you listeners out there had a good time. I know I had a good time.
1: Not bad. That trivia I could have probably, you know, gone without. But other than that, I, you know, it's good. It's been yeah. a lot of fun. been a lot, a lot, of, lot fun. of fun. Hope you invite us
0: back. Oh, I definitely will. You're the only people I know.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> you went out to your ones and ones of friends and brought them in for the podcast.
0: So um, thank you for listening. And if, if you feel Christ, if you feel God pulling, he is pulling. He's wanting you to have a relationship with him. I encourage you to give him permission. Let him in your life turn away from things that you worship and love, things that take away from living a pure life of loving others as much as yourself. And love God and follow Jesus. He is the truth and the life and when you accept him in your life you will feel the holy spirit in you and you will be very voluntarily wanting to be a better person and do good and do right and and live the path of righteousness so with that said um i love you all and good night